Chris Carter here from the Locked On Steelers podcast here in Indianapolis. Got to talk to General Manager Omar Khan for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I'm joined by Alan Saunders of SteelersNow.com. We're going to talk about what our thoughts were after talking to Omar Khan. It's going to be a fun episode. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Steelers, your daily Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Steelers podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. As always, you can find the show on your favorite podcasting app, so go check us out there. Or if you are if you want to watch this show, find us on YouTube, search Locked On Steelers. It, if you're watching this video, like the video, subscribe to this YouTube channel to get all of our daily Monday through Friday episodes, as well as all of our bonus content. We thank you for making the Locked On Steelers podcast your first listen every day, because we're your team every day. And... As I said before, we are joined by Alan Saunders of SteelersNow.com. He's a frequent guest on the show. Alan, it's great to be with you, man. And it was an interesting morning uh, getting to chat with Omar Khan a bit, even though we were, you know, fighting through a line of like the great, the biggest army to us to ever get credentials in the history of man. But we got there, we talked to him, and it was very interesting. I thought hearing Omar Khan talking about the draft room, and that's why I want to start this conversation with. He said Andy Weidel is running the board. And, like, there will be other people that have parts in it. But ultimately, it's his board to run. We know that Andy Weidel ran three different draft boards for, for the Philadelphia Eagles. When you hear that Andy Weidel is running the Steelers draft board, what does that mean to you? Um, I think it means we're going to see some changes, right? I mean, I think that's – and maybe that's a place where we're going to see some changes. You know, um, I don't think we're necessarily going to see big changes on how the Steelers do business from the standpoint of how they make decisions, right? I mean, it's still going to be three guys in a room, and two of those guys are going to be already Mike Tomlin. Like, yeah, the right. third one's going to be different. Omar Khan was always already heavily involved in free agency. I don't really think that's going to change that much. In fact, he talked about how, like, he doesn't think that that's going to change at all, right? Where, like, it's not really different for him to have dealt with the contract issues for so long to just now take over all of it. Like he was already doing 90% of that job anyway. I right. think if we're going to look at like big differences when we see the Pittsburgh Steelers, it will be how they evaluate and value players and positions in that draft order. And to explain what the draft board is, you know, this is where they're ranking 375 guys starting with one, who they think the various player is in this draft all the way down. Doesn't mean that that's necessarily the order that they're going to pick them in because things like need and situation arise, but that's the, the list. That's the order that they work from on draft day. And the fact that it's going to be built by Andy Weidel, I think is, is a, it'll be a big change. It'll be different. It'll be a, a new perspective to the team and, and, you know, I think some new principles as well. Uh, and I, I, I think that's the most interesting part of this. What are those new principles? Is it, you know, are the Steelers going to be a team that, you know, focuses on the, on the trenches more? I think that's what everyone's immediate assumption is, is when you think about Andy Weidel and the reputation he built with the Philadelphia Eagles. But also, you know, does it mean certain other positions get valued over other ones, you know, in the secondary? You know, is there is there going to be a higher value placed on the cornerback? You know, will the Steelers change up how they select cornerbacks and what they value about cornerbacks? Because for the longest time, Steelers 
Steelers wanted tackle first cornerbacks who played played really well in zone and didn't have to necessarily have their best ball skills. They coached that into them and they kind of play the rest of that. But does that philosophy change with Andy Andy Weidel? And does that change how the Steelers look at them? Because, you know, and again, to get to your point where you were talking about, you know, what is the draft board to paint the picture for, for Steelers fans who are listening to or watching this episode? Essentially what happens is there's a, you know, Omar Khan being the general manager means that he, he runs the front office, but he's not the same as Kevin Colbert. Kevin Colbert's a guy who specialized in personnel scouting, knowing the ins and outs of, you know, what makes a good player great or, you know, and, and, and the ins and outs of that. Omar Khan was a specialist in numbers, in cap, in cap, in dealing with the cap, in building contracts and that side of things. That means just he has to delegate his responsibilities a little bit differently with with now instead of Kevin Colbert running the board, it's going to be someone else uh, who runs who runs that board instead of uh, instead of the head GM. It's going to be Andy White on that situation. And when the board's assembled, like you said, then it comes down to Mike Tomlin, Art Rooney on draft day. What do you, you know? What what moves do you make with that board that you've assembled? And of course, every, you know people get their input. People can pound the table for different guys that they want and everything. But that's how it all gets built. And I think it's going to be very interesting to see what value gets put on those guys because one thing that Omar Khan also said, and this was a little bit of GM speak because he's not trying to reveal plans, but you know, saying that this is a, a very good. Exactly. And it's it's all it's not just Omar. Everybody does it because they're, no one's trying to reveal their cards to say, oh, yeah, we're definitely going after this guy. And then someone else snipes that player trades around them or, you know, finds a way to kind of put you in a, in a bind there. But Omar Khan did say this is a very good draft class, which I think everyone has kind of agreed with. And it made me wonder, you know, if, if he's saying it's good in all positions, great. But where is going to be your focus? Like what what position are you going to be in? It seemed like he was being very open that. Any of those, any positions could could be open for the Steelers, uh, regardless. You know, you know, running back is of course thrown thrown out there as a, as a joke. The running back uh, and quarterback, but uh, yeah. I mean that's pretty much it, right? Yeah, exactly. There's so everywhere. many positions that are open for them right now. And I tell you, it's it's it makes this process difficult for everyone it does. to not. You know, it's easy to evaluate four quarterbacks and say which one do we like best. It's much more difficult to evaluate seven linebacks, three D tackles, four offensive mm-hmm. tackles, a guard, one safety, sixteen corners, and be like, okay, who's best? Like that's that's a lot more challenging of an assignment um, when you have to compare, you know, things like positional value, fit with the scheme, um, you know, transition to the NFL across positions. You know, it's it was it was relatively a lot easier for the Steelers to look at Kenny Pickett and Malik Willis and and Sam Howell and be like like that one. You know, yeah, it, it, it's going to be a bit. It's, it's a tougher job to to determine um, who is better across positions. But you know, and I don't think it's like this fundamental change in the way the Steelers do business. It's just like you flipped one thing, right? Like Kevin right. Colbert delegated a whole bunch to Omar Khan in free agency and contracts. Okay. Right. Well, now Omar Khan is not going to del. I mean, talk today about Cole Marku, who is kind of coming up in that area for the team as mm-hmm. assistant challenger. Like he's not going to de- delegate as much in those areas, but he's going to delegate more in the scouting process and the draft to Andy Weidel. And so, you know, just one big change, um, not like a, a full change in how they do business. I don't think it's going to change what Steelers football looks like. Uh, and let's be honest, like, you know, Andy. Vital work for the Eagles and the Ravens. You look at how those teams are built. It's not like it's 
some major departure from the way the Steelers have been business for a long time. Anyway, the Ravens are probably the one organization that is the very most similar to Steelers uh, top bottom anyway. So, you know, I don't think we're going to see like big, massive changes, but I do think, um, you know, more, more so in the draft than any other part of the offseason, we're going to see uh, Andy Wilde's influence on the team for sure. For, for sure, and I want to talk more about some of the other things Omar Khan said because it wasn't just this draft class. He addressed guys on the roster and you know heading to free, free agency. We'll talk about that in just a minute here on the Locked on Steelers podcast with Alan Saunders and Chris Carter here. But don't go anywhere. But first, I want to tell you guys about our great sponsor because this show is brought to you by FanDuel. Now that the NBA is back in action, it's your chance to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, and get in on that action. And they're helping because – New customers at FanDuel get a no-sweat first bet that gets you up to $1,000 in bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. So that's a great opportunity. If you want to take a dive in, you don't want to you know, you don't want to put yourself at too much at risk, this is your chance to capitalize with the FanDuel Sportsbook app that you can download right to your mobile device, and it's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to threes drains. FanDuel lets you make player prop bets that gives you so many options, and plus FanDuel FanDuel even lets you combine all of your bets for a chance to have a bigger payout with same game parlays. And that's how sometimes you can make the big bucks all in one day. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm Chris Carter, joined by Alan Saunders of SteelersNow.com. Alan, let's talk about what Omar Khan said about Cameron Sutton. And it's not too revolutionary. Like, you know, it doesn't reveal too much because we were, we were well, we, we knew that Cam Sutton kind of wanted to stay and they wanted to keep him. But it seems like that there's progress there and that maybe we could hear something soon on that front that Cam Sutton will be able to be retained by the team and maybe at a number that doesn't crush them in doing so. Yeah, it seems like it's a priority for the team, right? Now that doesn't yeah. necessarily mean that it's a priority for Cam Sutton, uh, but it certainly seems like the team anyway wants to get something done before the start of free agency. Um, you know, He's a key player for them because of his versatility, not just his ability, but his versatility. If they want to go into the draft and add another corner, I think they probably still will, whether they see Cam Sutton or not. But his ability to play inside or outside man or zone allows them to really target any kind of corner and not be exactly. sort of hemmed in. Um, you know, if you have more of a guy who only does one thing, then you kind of have to get the, the exact compliment for that guy. If you have a guy like Cam Sutton who can do everything, I just think that makes him so much more valuable to the team. Uh, we'll see if they're able to get a deal done. I think uh, they're trying really hard. I think they want to get Cam Sutton done. Also, I think getting a number on Cam Sutton, to me, I think he's probably – the free agent where you're looking at maybe the biggest potential swing. Like I've seen some people say like 7 million. I've seen some people say 15, right? Like mm. I, I think probably like somewhere in the like 11, 12 range, but that's a number where if you get that number down, then it gives you a, a better way to move forward with a budget on, okay, how much can we afford to give Terrell Edmonds? How much can we afford uh, to spend on linebacker and defensive tackle? Right. I think that's kind of like the first step for the Steelers. So I expect them to try really hard to get something done. What was your response when Omar Khan sort of like 
took a sigh of relief when we asked him about the Steelers cap situation because he was like, man, back in the days with, with, with COVID and the cap got lowered, he was just it seemed like he was having some PTSD up on the, on the when we were talking to him. And he was just like, man, like this is so much better than that. This is nothing compared to that. And the Steelers like right now, like if you're an average Steelers fan, you're looking at uh, probably on spot rack or over the over the cap. You're like, what do you mean? You only made one thousand dollars that you can spend right now. But we know that and you and I have talked about this. The Steelers have plenty of moves to make that will open up cap space. But you've also pointed out it's not like they can have a fortune here. But it seemed like Omar Khan just feeling off of the way that he was saying it seemed like he was like, yeah. Cap space is not the issue right now. They know what they they know what they want to do, and they're going to have a plan of attack out in free agency, both to retain their guys and get some important pieces that they think they can add to the puzzle. Yeah, it seemed pretty confident in the the salary cap situation. Um, it does not seem like you know he's afraid to push some money in the future, and that's what they're going to have to do. They're going to have to restructure a bunch yeah. of contracts. T.J. Watt and Minka Fitzpatrick seem to me like almost sure things. Deontay Johnson. I think now just just his confidence in 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 going down that road today seems like an option to me as well. Um, you know they get to make some cuts too. I, I'd be very surprised if William Jackson is back at that hit anyway. Um, a couple other guys you know, possibly could be cut as well. You know, I think you're going to see a bunch of a bunch of restructures. That's what Omar Khan did when he was their cap guy probably what he's going to do when he's their GM, and he didn't seem to be apologetic about it at all. So I think they're just going to restructure and push money in the future and make as much cap space as they feel like they need. And uh, if they're willing to go full bore on that, they can make a lot of it. That's for sure. And I think it, it's going to be interesting to see how, how how strong that they go at that process. Another part of that process was also a kind of hinted at when asked about Mitch Trubisky and saying that, you know what, they want to keep Mitch Trubisky for the long term. It, it was that – was that a red herring? Was that kind of something that's thrown out there? Or do you foresee the Steelers maybe signing Mitch Trubisky to an extension? Because currently it's him and Kenny Pickett on the roster. Mason Rudolph's an, an unrestricted free agent. He can go wherever he wants. He can come back if he wants. But uh, Mitch Trubisky is a $10 million cap hit this year for the Steelers. You and I have talked about that in a year where they're trying to make cap space. That would be an easy move because you'd get $8 million off the books by letting him go. Granted, you'd have to spend on another backup quarterback, but you get my point there. But if they were to sign him to an extension, that would give them the opportunity to be like, hey, Mitch, help us lower your cap number for this year. We'd love to keep you around. And then you'll have a contract in the NFL with an organization that you know, an offense that you know, and be be ready for action for when, you know, Kenny Pickett, who, you know, he's gotten hurt already a few times in his rookie season. You'd be somewhere that you know that you'd be appreciated as that guy. Is that something, one, that you think can happen that can lower the cap number? And is that something that Mitch would want? Because, you know, I know he's 27, 28 years old. He, you know, there's still, if he he has it in his mind that he wants to be a starter somewhere, he has to make a move soon. Yeah, I I think it's a no-brainer for the Steelers, right? I mean, you get to keep Trubisky, who's a really good backup. Kenny Pickett missed two games with concussions, well, one and a half. Uh, games with concussions last year, like you, you need a good backup. Uh, you want a guy who you're comfortable with as a mentor for your young quarterback. It seems like both Kenny and the team are very comfortable with Mitch Trubisky as that mentor for your young quarterback. Like it checks all the boxes. And then you know, the ability to sign an extension makes the cap hit. You can turn that $8 million salary this year into signing bonus on a new contract, spread it out over a couple more years. Like it's all, it's all great, except for 
is Mitch Trubisky okay with that? Like, I don't, exactly. I don't know if he, if he wants to sign up to be Kenny Pickett's backup for any longer than he has to be. Maybe they could give him some kind of, you know, like, hey, we'll sign this deal, and if you know you, somebody approaches us with to give you an opportunity to start, we must trade you. Like, maybe he could do something like that. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I just don't know. I don't know why Mitch would take that deal, but it really makes sense for everybody else. And that's where I'm at, too, is that, like, if I'm Mitch Trubisky, you know, do I want that deal or do I want to be like, yo, pay me my money now or let me get to free agency so I can find the next team that's going to give me a shot and maybe I can be a starter somewhere somewhere that works? Because I, I think a lot of people are seeing the the recycled quarterback is not being the answer in the NFL. People are having more success kind of, you know, having the guy that's, that's either been on their team or finding the young guy that strikes it hot and kind of rolls with them. You saw that not this year with the Niners with Brock Purdy. Um, not that that's going to happen all the time. But, but you said Geno Smith too. I mean, I think I think there's Geno Smith was think, you know, did have a resurrection year. I think you've kind of seen it both ways, and I think you know, I don't know. I, I think Mitch Trubisky didn't have a good year, and I and I think it's hard to see a team giving him like a big opportunity coming right of that. But the longer you're around and out of that. You know, the, the, the longer, the more time goes by, the more people start to think about, hey, he's got a good arm. He was an overall pick. They didn't really give him a very long chance before they turned to pick it. Like, maybe right. he's the guy we should give an opportunity to. You know, I think, but I, will that happen this offseason? I don't know, but like, I could certainly see it happening next offseason. So to me, it's a weird, it's a weird deal for Trubisky to agree to. Like I said, unless they get some kind of handshake deal where if he gets an opportunity to start somewhere, they, they let him pick it. Two questions here off of this. First question. What if this is just a, pl- a play by Omar Khan to be like, yeah, Mitch Trubisky could start if we didn't have our franchise quarterback so that then he could be like, see, he is really good as he tries to dangle him out for teams to trade. Is that a possibility? And if it's not, if if the Steelers really are trying to negotiate and Mitch Trubisky holds his ground, does do they just let this contract settle? Or do you think this will this con- his contract could be a tipping point where the Steelers are like, yo, take the deal or we got to make a move? Uh, I think they would keep him with his contract if he's okay with being there. I don't think they would make him stay if he wants to go. Uh, Tom famously, you know, volunteers, hostages. not hostages. Yeah. Right. Uh, I think they would certainly entertain a trade. Um, I think that probably – makes a lot of sense for them. Also, you know, the other thing Omar said was, I'm not closing the door on um, Mason Rudolph coming back. Well, okay, Mason Rudolph signed a $5 million one-year contract last year. I assume yeah. since not a whole lot changed, he's probably worth in that realm again. They're not spending $15 yeah. million on backup quarterbacks, right? So That's the only way Mason Rudolph comes back is if Mitch Trubisky's not here. So clearly, while Omar was saying, I want Mitch Trubisky and I want him to be here, not just in 2023 and long-term, by saying I'm leaving the door open to a Mason Rudolph return, he's also acknowledging that there's a chance that it's not Mitch Trubisky, one way or the other, right? So, I mean, I think, you know, he was kind of talking out of both sides of his mouth he's, there but he's playing both you know, sides absolutely yeah, yeah but but i think he's he's very clearly uh saying i want mitch trubisky but uh, you know there's a plan b there that he seemed he would be comfortable with as well if somebody comes with the right offer from mitch trubisky i don't think this would have a problem making mason rudolph the backup i hear you on that i want to talk to alan more about some of the other things that omar khan said um, he brought, you know, the question was brought about the Alex Highsmith situation. And I want to get Alan's his inner thoughts on 
what the Steelers front office is going to look like this year uh, as we keep ta- talking more. We're going to do more of that right here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Back here on the Lockdown Steelers podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter, joined by Alan Saunders of SteelersNow.com. Alan, when the question of Alex Highsmith was brought up, Omar Khan didn't say anything was definitely going to get done, but he said, you know how we love you know, to keep our guys who we develop you know, on, in, our, in our own house. And Alex Highsmith, of course, being that guy, third-round draft pick who just led the team in sacks, had double-digit sacks this year, and he's growing into a guy. And you know, Bud Dupree was a guy who they loved but couldn't afford to keep. Do you foresee Alex Highsmith being the guy that they're able to work out a deal with, or is that just wishful thinking for the Steelers at this point? Um, or do they have the money to keep to keep him if it, it, to pay him what he's worth uh, alongside T.J. Watt, who already is a very expensive edge rusher? I think they need to find the money. I don't know if they have mm-hmm. it, but I think they need to find it. Um, I think their lack of that that was exposed this year when TJ went down with an injury. I think, you know, you're, you're sort of not um, you're not looking at things truthfully if you don't look at TJ's last couple of years. And, like, look, he's, he's probably the best defensive player in the NFL when he's healthy, but he has not been, like, fully healthy for a couple of years now. He's been dealing with some nagging stuff. He's missed a game here and there. Then he missed seven games this year. You look at his brother's career, and you think, man, like, is this is twenty twenty two going to be an outlier, or is that going to be the way things are going to be? I think they need Alex Smith. They probably need Alex Highsmith and somebody else. This is probably a position where they need to address in this draft class. I think they really need Alex Highsmith. I don't think like they were when Bud Dupree hit free agency, but they are at Highsmith. He already had a little bit of his experience, and they were able to say, eh, maybe we can let this young guy go and see what happens. I, I just I don't think it's in the same spot. I will say this. Uh, I don't think they absolutely need to get a deal done this offseason because I think they could franchise Alex Highsmith for one year if they had to. I think they could that's what they did with Bud. Um, that's what they did with Bud too, right? So I don't think they absolutely like have to have to have to do it this offseason, but I think they need a way to make it work without Smith long term. And they have more cap space in in the future than they have this year. So like, that actually like this is not a really good year from a cap standpoint for them to be signing some big long term contract. Next year would be better. So if they that work, that'll be the way it happens. I feel you on that. And, and I've said on this show, I think Alex Highsmith needs to be a priority. I think that he's developed very strong for the, for the Steelers. Uh, you know, he wants to be, to be here in Pittsburgh. Well, we're not here. We're in Indianapolis, uh, but uh, he, he wants to be with the Pittsburgh Steelers and they want to be with, they want him to be with them. I, I do agree with you. They need to find the space to make it happen. And hopefully for, for both sides, they can make something happen because that would be cool to keep him with TJ Watt. And then, like you said, add another guy. Like I've, Edge rusher is, is not out of my, you know, the guys that I'm looking at, and especially with those top four picks in the top 80, uh, uh, the top 80 that they have this year in the NFL draft class, because edge rusher could be so, is going to be so important to have a rotation with. And this goes back to where I think Andy Weidel being, you know, in charge of the draft board could be very interesting because Andy Weidel was about building them rotations, having guys, not just a couple starters up front, 
But having guys so that you can keep fresh legs and every every second down, every third down, every drive, when they send out a new set of guys, they're fresh legs and they're not just you know guys they picked up off the street or guys that are just there holding the second roster spot on their depth chart. No, those guys are are pretty bad dudes themselves, and they can get after they can get after you. Maybe not the same way the starters do, but in their own way, that proves to be really challenging. I think that's going to be very interesting, especially, you know, Andy Waddle presumably isn't going to just be here for one year. He's going to be around for a, for a bit. But how do successive draft processes go to build up that depth so the Steelers have those waves of defenders that are coming at you and making it and tiring out offensive lines so that they can get the pressure that the Steelers love to put on opposing quarterbacks? Yeah, I mean, I, most teams have a front seven. I think the Eagles have like a front 12. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like they're they're just doing it different than everybody else. And look, that's going to fall apart a little bit this year. They've already lost a couple guys in free agency, you know, uh, to, to salary cap issues, and they're probably going to lose some guys in free agency. It's hard to keep that many guys together. But I think you know the, the key is the Steelers need depth. And you know, I think when you looked at the Steelers' defense in 2022, I really liked defense. They're starting eleven. I thought their depth was lacking in a lot of positions. I thought this was already an issue, and I thought it showed itself at certain points over the last years. They did not handle Stefan Tuitt's injury very well in 2021. They did not handle uh, T.J. Watt's injury very well last year. Um, look at that game in Buffalo when yeah. they're playing without a couple corners and Minka Fitzpatrick's banged up. The secondary gets torched, right? I think the depth on defense has been a boiling problem, and now you have six or seven regular guys going into free agency, probably going to return all those guys. You'll be able to bring some of them back, Sutton, maybe Edmonds, maybe Larry Ogunjobi, but you know, maybe Rob Spillane, but not that whole group, right? Not all those guys that contributed right. on defense that are hitting free agency are coming back. This draft class is a big opportunity for them to refill that depth with quality guys, and uh, I think that a lot of this draft class is going to go to the defense. And we saw at the Senior Bowl, it was Mike Tomlin, three defensive coaches. Mm-hmm. They went there scouting running backs. Like you know, it's yeah. uh, it, it's 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 definitely a place where they have a big opportunity to to restock the cupboard on defense and add some functional depth to the unit. If they're able to do that, I think it, it it's it, this would be an interesting year. Because Omar Khan talked about the depth of this of this class and how there's a lot of depth there. Is this the year the Steelers should trade back to get another day two day two pick? I've talked about this before on the show, but it, it just it continues to look to me like, man, like still keep your first round pick. Like don't trade out of the first round. But if you're sitting there at 17 and you know, Christian Gonzalez, uh Devin Witherspoon, Joey Porter Jr. Broderick Jones, Paris John, like all the, the the offensive linemen you wanted, the cornerbacks you wanted, and it also depends on who they value, right? Because the people that we say we value at seventeen, they could have different values all over the place, right? Um, but if those guys are gone, the, I think the Steelers should be very aggressive in trying to move back to get another day two pick. And then you know you've brought this up before, both on this on this show and elsewhere. You know the Steelers are going to be sitting with that thirty second overall pick. And teams could be salivating at the possibility of getting. Did you see one- Omar when I asked that today? Yeah, like when you, you, when you, you asked him that, he was smart. He was like, hey, 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 yeah, yeah. He's like, yeah, right. they are. They're gonna be, they're gonna be begging <laughs> me for that pick. I can tell already. You could so just see the, his face light up. 
that's effectively to me two chances <laughs> to trade to get yourself an opportunity to get multiple to get more day two picks than they already have. So, like, let's say they even double down on this. Like, let's say they trade back to like the twenty fifth overall spot and they pick up like a third round pick or something like that, and then they trade back from thirty two to like in the forties somewhere and they get up like another third round pick. Then you're talking about you had. Uh, like you'll lose some of the t- yeah, you know, some four your- in the top hundred, something like that. Five in the top hundred, like that's pretty- five in the top hundred in a class where we think the top hundred is really, really good and could yield many starters. Like imagine if they hit on four starters on the on five like picks like that. There, that to me could be a could make it a game changing draft class in in Omar Khan's first year. I'm very intrigued to see how this front office will tackle an opportunity like that with the depth that we see in this draft class. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, he kind of talked about it, you know, he said this is an opportunity to you know draft some hall of famers and build a super bowl winner. And, you know, I think that, that he's not wrong. Like that is the opportunity here to really put together um, what can be the core of the next great Steelers team. You kind of have that on with offensive skill position, you feel like those guys are there, right? You feel like George Pickens and, and Najee Harris and Pat Farmuth and Kenny Pickett, that group is is there, but there's there's not enough of them, right? That th- This is an opportunity to really add in a big way uh, another wave of young talent to go with it and really put together uh, what they think can be a, a successful and, and winning team in the future. If you want to find out who those players to be, watch the Combine and check out all the coverage coming on the Combine. At SteelersNow.com, they're going to be doing a great job of, uh, at that. Alan Saunders, thanks so much for joining us. Let people know what, where to find you, follow you, get more of your work, and maybe some of the things you got coming up as you're covering the Combine out here in Indianapolis. Yeah, at Saunders underscore PGH on Twitter, SteelersNow.com is where all the Steelers stuff is. Um, looking for um, – Talking about the offensive line a little bit, how much uh, is a need and maybe how much uh, it fits with what the Steelers have to work with in terms of draft capital. Um, nothing else like at the top of my dock, and I'm just really looking forward to talking to a bunch of these players. I haven't talked to really most of the guys that I think are options for the Steelers' first pick at 17. You know, I don't think there are very, very many of those guys at the Senior Bowl this year. So, uh, you know, I got a big and I'm, I'm ready to do it. Absolutely. Follows Alan Saunders. He's doing a great job out here. We're out here, uh, out here watch, watching the combine, talking to people. It's going to be a great week. I'm Chris Carter, host of the Lockdown Steelers podcast. You can find this show on your favorite podcasting app and especially on YouTube. Like this video if you saw it on YouTube. Subscribe to this YouTube channel if you want to get all of our daily episodes Monday through Friday as well as our bonus content. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Carter Critiques. Read my work at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette where I cover all things pit athletics. We're going to be here all week long. We're both here in Indianapolis, so stay tuned. For all the great coverage you can get here, I'll be back Thursday with another episode on your Pittsburgh Steelers right here on the Locked On Steelers podcast. When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. 
And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said, done.